I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. The best rapper in LA podcast. If you didn't hear part one, go back. Listen, listen, listen. A young Mercer's in New Orleans performing at the House of Blues as we often do. Once again, I go by the name of Tammy, but they appreciate your time. Thank y'all. This is going to hear part of the Thank you guys for coming out. This is our last song of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Hip Hop and Run. Shout out to the uh, African food in that place. Um, my friend Tabby Benet, who's actually from Africa, hates that place. I was like, oh, you're African. We all we we always perform in the French Quarter, usually House of Blues, um, either the small room or the big room, the parish or the big room. It's been a while since I've been in the big room. But uh, I always go eat because it's one of the few places you can get vegetarian food back then before everything was beyond meat vegan. So I'd have to walk the French Quarter, and I forget the name of it, to this African restaurant that Tabby hates that I was so excited to take my African friend to the restaurant. He was like, this is horrible. He was scolding the man. Like, if you've ever been around Tabby Benet, he's very direct. He's like, this ain't even, uh, this is not how you cook this. Like, he's telling the chef, like, can I speak to the cook? And like, brought the cook out to tell him, like, this is not how you prepare this African dish. I'm from Africa. And this, I'm from Africa. This is not how you, <laughs> bro. Hilarious. Anyway, I found an internet cafe somewhere near there. I email Shock G. I don't know what I email Shock G. Can you imagine the pressure of emailing someone? I guess what they say is your idols. I hate to use that word. But someone you admire so much, you're sending them an email. And I'm like, oh my God. Don't want to sound like a groupie. Don't want to be a fu- Man. I was like, man, I got to, I got to, I got to shoot my shot. I'm working on it in the beginning. I want to get him on a track. I got to have him on a song. Do I ask for Humpty on a song too? Do I? Let's just see if he wants to work. Boom, sent. Now, every city I'm in on tour, I'm looking for the internet cafe because you cannot link your email to your two-way pager or your cellular device at this time. You cannot get Wi-Fi. There's not a Wi-Fi. It's a dial-up. You can't use it on the bus, guys. And if you've ever tried to take your laptop and log in at a fucking hotel on the road, then you know the pain. I was on a mission. some point, I get his phone number. At some point, we agree to meet up. He tells me, I seen him the beat, Beats by DJ Khalil. At this time, shout out to my brother, Tone Lopez. He was trying to be my manager or, or stepping in. I won't say trying like he was doing a bad job. We were experimenting or, or taking a go at him being my manager, the first person to do so. He was also managing a, a, a producer by the name of DJ Khalil, 50 Cent, Eminem, DJ Khalil. If you don't know him, he's a Los Angeles legend. DJ Khalil is famous for many other reasons. Uh, for me, he's famous because he used to have New Year's Eve parties that were legendary at his parents' house. And I finally got invited to one. I was cool enough to get invited to one. 
and we danced to Throw Your Hands Up by Jay-Z. Um, it had just come out, which was such a risky song. I think that's what it's called. 4 a.m. at the Waffle House. La, 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 la. Throw your hands up. 12 a.m. on my way to the club. 1 a.m. DJ made it a rub. 2 a.m. now I'm getting with her. 3 a.m. now I'm splitting with her. 4 a.m. at the Waffle House. 5 a.m. now we at my house. 6 a.m. I be digging. 6.15, i be kicking her out. 7 a.m., I'ma call my friends. 12 a.m., we gon' do it again. For a platinum artist who just won his first Grammy to make that the first single of his follow-up album with Beanie Siegel, with that voice and his unorthodox delivery, was fearless, uh, groundbreaking, legendary. I danced to that song on New Year's Eve with a girl at DJ Khalil's house. My life was very good. Yeah, I might even kiss someone on New Year's Eve. This is all like coming from a, a introverted nerd with low self-esteem. So this is my life is good. Now I'm going to get Shock G to rap on a beat by DJ Khalil. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? The day arises, I'm to pick up Shock G from the airport. I'm in Buena Park. I still remember where I was standing. I am to drive to the valley, the San Gabriel, uh, San Fernando Valley from the Orange County, as we talked about on the Felt Podcast. That is a long drive. To pick up Shock G from the Burbank Airport. Let's hold the, the, we're recording at Ariel's house. I have to go to Burbank to pick up Shock G, then to his house where he was living in Topanga Canyon to pick up the equipment, then back to the studio. Topanga and Ariel's house not far apart. But from Orange County to Burbank to Topanga to, I forget what part of the valley Ariel lived in at the time with his parents, or I don't even know if he was living there, but where his studio was in his parents' backyard was a fucking hike. Waiting for it the morning, I can't, I cannot tell you how excited, nervous, anxious, all that shit I am right now. And I'm still on, like, trying to get off my pills, I think, at this point. I'm not fully um, functioning. So I'm I'm smoking cigarettes, drinking like I shouldn't be, not exercising, getting fat, 185, comfortable, comfortable, I won't say happy or content, comfortable in my relationship, comfortable in my life. I got a car, I can smoke in my house, I can play, I got all the new Xbox games, my friends are pro skaters, life is, like I said, life is good at this point, but I'm nervous, I shouldn't have been drinking, smoking. DJ Khalil calls, um, one of his grandparents is passing away. He can't make it to the session. This is before, like, I need him to be there to give me the beat. This is the beat that Mia and Shock have written to and discussed. Um, what do I say to Shock G? I don't know how I reach him, but I reach him, I tell him. I, or maybe I just pick him up. And he's like, no problem, I'll just do the beat. What? Now? Now? Now, I'm getting a Shock G produced beat that Shock G is going to rap on. Are you kidding me? And I'm going to say this is how it went down. I went to pick him up. I told him we didn't have the beat. He said he'd make the beat. We went to his house. We picked up the purple machine. I forget what it's called. It's like Planet Fat or something like that. He went to Ariel's house and made the beat right there. We wrote Risky Business right there. I was so nervous to tell him the concept. 
I had to wrap my bars to him. I'm sweating, shaking. I can still, I'm looking across at Shock G and I'm like, so I want to go back and forth with you. I want to tell the story. I hope you don't think it's corny. And I don't really think I've ever seen the whole movie of Risky Business at this point. I don't know if I have to this day. I've seen clips and parts. I tell him the clue doesn't have the beat. He says he's going to give me a beat. He's going to make it right there. I watch one of my heroes do what made him a hero to me in front of he did this for Tupac and now he's doing it for me motherfucker do you understand now I have to read it is my verse worthy of this I read it to him he's like okay cool this is what I'm gonna say after that cool we write we go back and forth and I say yo do you as, as the first time sorry then I was like yo do you think you could get Humpty on this and he's like yes no problem now it's time to go See, I had the place to myself. My parents went out of town, so I had the music up and I was running around. Singing to the beat of my favorite underground. Song at the time, let's just say it was Merce. I was rapping in the mirror, I was knowing every verse. I was doing my thing until the door. I get in the booth, I do my verse, and he goes, Hey, man, I was nervous. When you was reading it, it didn't sound like that. This is going to be dope. He's getting excited. He's rocking. If you've ever been around Shock, like the room is rocking now. He's on board. I guess he was a little hesitant at first. So we lay his beat into the thing. Ariel lays his beat into different channels. I go and do my verse. And now we're going back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Oops, I shouldn't have did that. I'll clean it up before you folks come home. Yo, where they at? I don't believe he brought this nigga, man. I heard about his ass. The only fool dumb enough. Humpty does his thing. It is everything i ever i'm telling a story with the guy who made me want to tell not well Dan, there's dana dane okay i'm not a slick rick guy with all due respect that wasn't my influence i love him and he's great but dana dane um cinderfella was my first mix master spade another easy e ice cube like there's ones but good thing that we're rapping is my favorite this is the guy I'm getting to tell a story with this guy and Humpty, and it's and he did the Shakti to the beat. When you say when people say, "Look at God, man," when I when I think about when I've been in like, oh, I might not make it out of this. I have lived, and I am so grateful. When people ask me why, how are you so humble? Like this is humbling, because the people, and I and I'm not trying to like people get mad when I say this story, but this is why when Kendrick Lamar MySpace is me that he raps and says, "Can I get a verse?" I say yes. Because he did this for me. And I and like when I talked about hip hop and I look listen back to these podcasts, it sounds religious. And it is to me. Cause it's all God to me working through people. But he did this for me, man. He never asked me about publishing, payment, nothing. He did this for me. This man did this for Tupac. He did it for me. This man lives in Topanga Canyon. He did this for me. His career is his career. This my Him doing risky business with me is not a blip on the radar of his fucking career to this day. But he did this for me. And he had fun and he wasn't a dick about it. Then I drove him home in my 96 Cadillac in the year 2002. He said, Merce, if you ever want to bring a girl up here, you want to just hang out, just go ahead, man. I know you're into this type of vibe, whatever. The door's always open. To his house, bro. You fucking kidding me, man? <sighs> the song comes out. I still hang out with Crips and nerds and whatever. I'm still on Cloverdale. 
What we do now is watch a show called BET Uncut. I'm living off a of rap. I bought my Cadillac off a of rap. I pay my, my payments, my 870 something dollar a month payments, $787.83. Don't ask about the percentage because it's ridiculous. And no, actually, maybe I mean, this might be post Cadillac. I don't know if this, the magic Cadillac is still alive. But BET Uncut, I pull up to the block, we watch BET Uncut. We play GoldenEye, we play Power Stone on Dreamcast, the greatest game and game system of all time. I argue with your fucking auntie, your granny, your mother, somebody else. Don't fucking argue with me about it. Power Stone, Japan Pro Wrestling or Fire Pro Wrestling, NWO, Revenge, WCW. These are the games we play. Maybe a little Mario Kart. Maybe Dre from down the street brings over to PlayStation. We play some Tekken. These are the games we play. These are the things we do. Maybe Perfect Dark. We watch BET Uncut when it gets late because we like to see ass titties on television. Rap music, ass titties. Tip Drill. Joker the Bell Bondsman from Alaska. The greatest rapper from Alaska except for Rolos Rios and Cash Lansky. I see this. I say th- Oh, let's not forget about the mighty Casey White girl. They are playing anything. At this time, I think this is a time where around the scandal where they tell, maybe this is around, even if it wasn't happening, this is the sentiment at Rap City. Rap City, where they play rap videos. We all grew up watching the countdown. Shout out to Chris Thomas, the mayor, Prince DuJour, Tigger, Big Les, all of them. I can't get a video on Rap City because that's not the type of rap we're playing. We're not relevant to the culture. Meaning, basically it's true, like black people don't like my shit. But ah, but ah, you motherfuckers. Even when I'm drunk, smoking American Spirit Ultralights, hanging out with Crips, Bloods, Pimps, and Nerds. Crips, no Bloods. Oh, no, there, yeah, there, we, had, we had Austin. We had, we had a couple Bloods. We had a couple. This is the type of, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not really no gangster shit, bro. We had Blood homies, slightly affiliated. I'm sure they couldn't be active hanging around with us, but we had people representing both sides. Gangsters, nerds, geeks, pimps, hustlers, playing video games. I am still thinking about career. This one woman told me, maybe the only good thing she ever told me was that an entrepreneur is working 24 hours a day. And most people don't understand that. I am working. I say, this is how I get on TV. I call L. I say, I want to shoot a video. Back it up. In Los Angeles, California, and this includes the San Fernando Valley for this moment right here, there's a man named Rock, a man named Ori. They open up a store called The Basement. This is the place for hip-hop in Southern California. Melrose is dead. Beat nonstop is gone. Fat Beats is biased. Not the LA version, but still, I, don't, I think I think it is about this time I squashed my issue with Fat Beats, but it's just not, it's not for us. It's not for the West Coast scene. Uh, my scene, my, my scene, my sect of West Coast rap. No, I'm not a vinyl 12-inch rapper. I'm an album cat. If you follow Instagram, check out Curtis King's post, one of his last posts about album sales. It's hilarious. I reshaped my focus 
from a streaming model that doesn't support artists like myself, and I switched it over to an album model. People who listen to albums listen with patience, care, and they listen from beginning to end. Why in the fuck would I be trying to sell my album to crackheads? I like the album cover, but do we got any, do we got any singles? You got something hot? You got something with 808s on it? You, you got something with like a big feature? You got somebody with somebody I know? How many streams it got? Mm, 25,000? Mm, mm. you, you got some trap drums for me? It's a little bit too boom bappy for me. Why in the hell would I be trying to pitch my shit off to crackheads? Place called The Basement. Uh, this is before I got my apartment in uh, Buena Park. I meet Rock, who ran The Basement, and uh, do an in-store something. I really believe there's a, a wrestler out there I met some crazy shit. I did an in-store to this kid. I was like, you like wrestling, Merce? I hear it in your lyrics. Watch this. And he did a, uh, whatever it's called, a, whatever the backflip thing they do off of somebody's garage and landed on his feet. It was amazing. And I think he, I forget that he became a professional wrestler. Anyway, that day I met Rock. We became friends. Me and my girlfriend, who get tired of spending in a hotel, start sleeping in one of his bedrooms and we become friends. And uh, Rock says, they're going to open up a clothing store. I'm moving back. I moved back from Tucson. I don't have my record store anymore. They're going to open up across the street on Ventura uh, Basement Clothing. I think I invest a little money, but I need to be the manager. I don't like not working. And I like I don't like being at my store every day. And as I talk on this podcast, like I always like, you know, just being around, like creating that culture for people where people can walk in and meet. You don't have to buy shit, but it's like, that's what community is. Community, 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 community. Cripping, community, revolution, and progress. This is it. This is who I am. Community. Yes, I love the community the basement has created. I love hip hop. Yes, I'll go in with you and Ori and we'll start this clothing store. Start this clothing store. All I got to do is really be the manager because I'm a draw because kids will come in and buy clothes and they'll also come in and hang out and see me. I don't care what the fuck it looks like to people. Like, I can get paid and I have a, a stake in this store and I'm not sitting at home all day being lazy. It wasn't because I needed a salary or the money. It was just, I wanted to, to, to do something. Cool. Store opens. There's a dude that comes in. His name, Steve Vanasco. You may know him as Van Styles. At this point, Steve is a kid who knows that I skate. I think that, uh, this may be 03. He knows that I skate through that song. He tells me that uh, he works at, or maybe he doesn't, maybe he brings up the fact that he works at the YMCA camp that I used to read about in the back of Thrasher that's in the Valley, and they have a huge ramp that goes into a foam pit. I just want, I've always wanted to, like, you know, get big air and not have the responsibility of landing it. Foam pits have been a dream of mine in this YMCA skate camp. So he teaches skate camp there. He's a counselor, young, young kid. Cool. And me and Steve talk shit. It's friends with another dude that hangs out there, talks shit. Uh, the way I believe it happens is uh, one of the kids that he uh, teaches that's fond of him, you know, kids pick, you know, like a big homie type of thing. His dad is an adult film director. He's working on a film called Skate Tricks. He needs help. Steve fucking uh, decides to help to make it authentic. Not, I don't think behind the camera. Through that, Steve gets pulled into the business. Now he's working in the mailroom, I think at Vivid. So as you know, this is over time, him hanging out of the store. It's like community. Cool shit happens. It's how I meet Chase Infinite, who is, 
If you know Chase, Chase is, you know, ASAP Rocky's first manager, but he's also, more importantly, in a group called Self Scientific. He's a dope rapper. Commercial. Commercial. If you're ever in the Lamert Park area near Crenshaw on 43rd and you're in the need of some caffeine, please, please, please stop by Haroon H-A-R-U-N Coffee. In Lamert Park, I wish I knew the address, but it's right there. You can Google it, motherfuckers. The best matcha in the city. Some of the best coffee in the city. There's a lot of good coffee in the city, so I'm not going to go out on too far on them. Great environment. Supporting a, a black business in one of the last black commercial thriving areas of town to go to Lamert Park is to touch on a bit of African-American culture, to touch kind of the core of it in our city. It's worth it. Stop in, get a coffee. You never know who you might see. You might catch me out there. Last time I was there, I saw J305. If you haven't listened to J305 lately, please, J-A-Y 305, go listen to his album, by the way. He has a drink. I usually get, now I'm getting the J305 drink that's on the menu. Great vegan options. Haroon Coffee, Lamert Park. Chase Infinite, um, somebody I met through just being in the community, having that space to meet and hang out. How I met my be- one of my best friends, Terry, like this is it. So I'm doing that at this clothing store in the Valley and Steve is one of those dudes or kids that comes in. And uh, so he went from, okay, we talk about you work skate park. Oh shit, you're working and doing porn now? Oh, he's bringing me DVDs for free because he's in the mail with porn DVDs. Oh shit, he's dating... D. If you know D, D, E, E, Google it if you choose to. I couldn't Google it. I don't do that type of thing anymore because it's a problem. But I know D. Oh, shit. You're dating D. We want to direct a video back to when it hits me on the couch. BET Uncut. I have a friend that, that's dating a uh, adult film star that wants to direct a video. For me, I have a song with a guy that made the album Sex Packets. Oh, shit. Let's do Risky Business video. Thank you, Jamie Moline, LP. He funds it. This is the way. Aesop, Atmosphere, none of us. The last indie rap video on TV. There's no MF Doom video, people. In hindsight, I'm sure it, it would be amazing. It's not airing on BT. In the End Burners by Company Flow is the last indie hip-hop video I saw on Rap City. The night just illustrator, survey at Sarah's. I hit in the end burners, plus multiple insiders. Sub level provider, civil verbalizer. The most humble student sniper, destroy the amplifier. The sentinel who protect the port of dimensional hologram. Cover all chapters of B Boy Visual. Take it back to 2 a.m. filling 3D outlines of Park a year later. Draw ready to sit off the box and it's not happening anymore. That was backed by Rockets, which is backed by a whole ton of other money. If you know, you know. We're not making it on there. I found the loophole. I think this is how my mind works. If not, I get to shoot a video with Shock G and Humpty Hump, shot by an adult film star. Win win. We shoot at the Wu Tang Mansion. I don't know what the Wu Tang Mansion is. I've heard of it, but I didn't have cable when they did the whole thing, whatever they did there. That's where we shoot it at. We have a $5,000 budget. Steve tells me, Van Style, Van tells me, come 
to the AVN, Adult Video Network Awards. The AVN, the, the, the CSC convention or whatever in Vegas, the porn convention. I've been hearing about this my whole life. Now I have an invite in a pass. This is a whole nother story. I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell it, but it's, it's the story. You've heard it on Felipe's Garage. Um, and I may try to dig up that episode and over the break, maybe this is, I don't know if this is before or after the Christmas break, but, uh, I will try to get that episode to you guys. If not, I will tell the story again here. But he says, come pick him out. I go there, pick him out. As you know in the story, if you don't know the story, Shock G is randomly there too because Digital Underground is doing their new, promoting their new DVD series that I had no idea about called Sex in the Studio. I pick out some girls. The video is set to shoot. I show up early to this mansion. This is my first solo music video. I have some coach slippers. I have the wardrobe. I'm still trying to get, um, I'm on flow from Hurley. Trying to wear some Hurley shit, I think. Uh, Got a crooked baseball cap. Mark Gonzalez. I got my pajama pants. And I'm just finding out that in the past few years that pajama pants is a big deal to you motherfuckers that I was outside of pajama pants. This is how much I don't care about what people think. I came to this conclusion around the same time as I realized you motherfuckers cared that I was wearing pajama pants. I was in St. Barth's with my wife for something random. I had fucked my ankle up. It's in a boot. On my overseas trip, I fly in to meet my family in Florida to fly to St. Bart's. We have our five-month-old with us. It's me, my wife, and our five-month-old. On a, literally, the guy said, can I see your passport? I handed it to the pilot. He turned around and grabbed it. That's how small the plane is. You have to fly into St. Bart's. I'm on St. Bart's, one of the most beautiful islands I've ever been to, with French people who don't deserve to be there, number one, colonizers. Number two, their attitude is so stank. The, the wealthy French. I have good French friends. These motherfuckers on this island, I've never met so many people upset to be in a paradise. Who the fuck are you? And so I'm walking with them, wearing my baby in a boot, wearing a dirty t-shirt and some fucked up shorts, and just walking through the streets, and I know I'm the only black person that's not serving someone some food or a liquor. I know they're looking at me like, I was like, oh, maybe I should dress up. Maybe, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. A lot of rappers say they don't give a fuck. I really, like you tell everybody how tough you are because you give a fuck. You tell everybody how much everything costs you buy and you have because you give a fuck. Killing people is a sign of giving a fuck because someone's disrespected you and you give a fuck. So you have to let them know. So other people will give a fuck before they, you give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And sometimes it's so bad where I say anything and it gets me in trouble or offends someone or I didn't care that I, who, who, I knew, I, I'm aware of the fact that no one else is wearing pajama pants, but I didn't, under, for me in my mind, it's like, why isn't everyone else? I have a job where I don't have to fucking wear a suit and tie. These are comfortable. I can wear, and when I'm in the East Coast, I can wear thermals underneath. Before I can afford to shower after the show, I can roll right into my bunk and go to the, go to bed. Why wouldn't you wear it? Especially if they have pockets. I only wore the ones with pockets. I missed out on a lot of cool designs that didn't have pockets. I don't give a fuck. I brought my favorite pair of pajama pants, my Hurley t-shirt, my crooked hat, my button-up suit, 
some dun-dun-duns because I wore dun-dun-duns. That was something else people cared about. I don't. I wore briefs, not boxers, at that time. TMI, I know. Uh, but they were, yeah, I won't go into it. It's TMI. But for someone who jumps around a lot on stage, it was a lot more comfortable to me. And as I told you before, I got pantsed once. Wearing pajama pants is better to wear. Maybe that was started, that's what I started going briefs only on stage. Because if your bandmate decides to pants you, at least your underwear will come down. Yeah. This is what I brought to the Wu-Tang Mansion, the West Coast Wu-Tang Mansion. I think little ass, like there's definitely some highlights of porn stars in there that I didn't know I wasn't aware of. I'm not even going to get into that, but there was only one I was concerned with uh, and not in that way. But yeah, there was all kind of things you expect to happen at the video shoot. They were happening. Maybe read the book for the details. Somebody who's very significant to my story, to my life story is 4 or 5, and I mentioned him. Um, homeboy aunt. I don't know if Eric was there before he passed away. Home, my mom, my boys that aren't with me. <sighs> Any shocks, not even, man. I brought the hood out. I said, hey, like, and I'm, if any, I listen back to this and people get offended. I'm sorry again, but you know, I got to say how it is. I was like, hey, cuz everybody got to come. This is the first thing I'm doing that y'all niggas could be a part of. It's not no weirdo shit for y'all. It's going to be bitches and liquor and weed and a fucking mansion. Bring the hood. Let everybody know. So the hood came out. Uh, and it was good because it was like legendary for a lot of niggas that got locked up after. Like people talked about that. It was a thing for 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 us, for us, for the block. Okay, I can't say the hood. The hood implies gang. For the block. And as we say neighborhood, my some people in my circle get offended. I'm not. I don't. I don't have the fucking brain capacity, bro. The neighborhood came out. It was fun. Shock was there. He showed up with uh, money, mine, son, and a couple other homies from DU. And uh, yeah, Money B told me always rap for real in your video, or it looks like you're lip syncing. I don't like to rap in front of people. I don't like to perform. I get anxious. I'm nervous now. There's a beautiful one behind the camera. Looking at me, there's beautiful women all around me, and I got to rap. But at least I get to do it with one of my heroes. Consummate professional he was. The shoot was fun as fuck. I told this story recently. I was drinking Cuervo. I only drank cheap, cheap, cheap tequila. Grouch showed up for a second. I don't think much to the chagrin of his wife at the time. But how could you not, bro? How could you not? I drank Cuervo straight out the bottle. Especial, not 1800. I, that's what I, st I still love to this day. My favorite tequila, fuck you. No disrespect to the Rock Terramana. I'll take a sponsorship if you can enlighten me. The night before the shoot, I spend the night. This is still like me. I spend the night. I'm single now. I spend the night at the director's house with Steve. So he's upstairs with his girlfriend, me and another girl downstairs. Somehow I wind up trying to put her on the glass table, I break the director's glass table. I break D's glass table at our house. Shatter it. Uh, yeah. These, I'm just telling how it was. I don't know if they might cut that out, but that's, yeah. Probably wasn't the best idea. Like I said, maybe read the book. But, uh, yeah. It was live. I'll tell you that, buddy. So that, that was the night before. The night, that night, I, I, you know, Get all that out of my systems, so so to speak. During the shoot, I'm tired. I'm ready to to go home. 
Now, what is the queen of cutaway? I am satisfied. I go home. And uh, so before I leave, I said, what time we have to be back here, Steve? And he's like, 10 a.m. I was like, cool. I see Shock G, drunk, high, something, inebriated, leaving the place with the, one of the girls in the video who drives a motorcycle, head bobbling off the back of a motorcycle. I'm like, that nigga ain't going to be here till noon. I'll come in a little late. I never shot a video. I don't like getting my picture taken. I don't like rapping in front of people. I am burnt out. I don't even know where I slept that night. I don't remember. Get home. Get up. I'm late to shoot. I think I got there at 1030. I come in, just sit down. And then he's like, we're ready. And I'm like, well, where's Shock? Shock? He said, oh, he's in the gym. Where's the gym? This mansion has a gym. I go walk in there. This motherfucker, I walk in. I believe they say he's been there since 6.30 a.m. He's in a full back bend. At this point, the young man has to be 40-something. Full back bend, which I could never do at any age in my life. What's up, Merce? I'm like, oh, how are you? I'm hungover as fuck. How are you even talking? I was drinking with you, and I know you were doing more than drinking yesterday. What? Who are you? Anyway, we go. Um shoot the video second day was great have fun we go home video drops we shop it boom we make BET uncut now when I go to the Slauson swap meet now when I go to Roscoe's black people are aware I am the first from our scene as far as I know to be in regular rotation on video with a music video. The only other, only other person from our genre that's there at the same time is Tech Nine with, this is the town where the clowns put it down. Yeah, mama don't stop her. Oh, I'm a Close the door before your child in the sound, baby. Mama say stop her. I'm gonna tell Yo, when Fifty One might have run by We are the two indie rappers in this vein on BET Uncut, on BET period. Life-changing, monumental. Thank you, Shock, so fucking much. Thank you, Hump, so fucking much. I can't tell you how fun it was to shoot that video. It's just timing, man. Putting yourself, taking the opportunities, asking the questions. I'm so thankful to Van Styles. We've shot together in... Uh, the story after that, like, um, just be in short, meeting his father definitely changed my life. It was a hallmark moment for me. Rest in peace, Mr. V. I love you. I hope that I can be as good of a father and a, and a man. Yeah, it was, it was, what, what a time, people. What a fucking time. It's risky business, man. What is this? I'm caught up in the twist. Now I'm trying to fix shit. It's risky business, man. What is this? I'm caught up in a twist. Hey, yo, now we I'm trying, trying to fix shit. It's risky business, man. What is this? I'm caught up in hey, a yo, twist. Yo, now you I'm trying fix to fix shit. shit. It's risky business, man. What is this? I'm caught up in a twist. Now I'm trying to fix shit. Video does well. Album does well. We release it as a 12 inch. Still, at no point am I sent an invoice, a check, have to talk to a manager, nothing. He shows up. He does the work. Brings the vibe. 
because that's who he is. This is this thing of ours. This is how it should work. This is real community. Like I said, so that so that when I get a voicemail from Kendrick saying I have my first show at uh, the Key Club, will you come do your verse to She Needs Me? I just say yes. Her up walked out. Now she crying cause she need me. I got that John Bryan love. Had to find love. We call it punch drum. We was a two piece. She was a one punch. And I show up by myself. I go straight to the side of the stage and ready, on time, ready to do my fucking job because he did it for me. Not because I knew this kid was going to be the biggest rapper in the world. The same thing, why, why I drive out and show up to Noah James. I'm hosting a stage at Thought Fest all day with all the artists I mentor. I tell the artists I mentor, I cannot watch your show because I have to perform with Noah. Can someone else do the job? Because he did that for me. Because Mystic Journeyman took me under their wing, but it's different when somebody's like all the way on. You know what I mean? Like platinum hits. It hits different. Not that it's, I'm not as grateful to Mystic Journeyman. It's just a different kind of thing because Mystic Journeyman didn't need to help me either. But these are the people and why I do what I do. And because it's also yet yeah, being just like Jesus um, in a different way. Uh, give me someone a verse for four letter words for free. But this is why I, I, I show up, I do the work when I can and I can't afford it for nothing. So the song does well for me. People are like, why aren't you performing it? Well, not not as much. People always ask me why I'm not doing this song or that song. But this is the one's obvious why I'm not doing it. But some still people, people still ask, well, I'm not doing it because Shock's not here. I don't know how the conversation came up, but we stay in touch. He's my fucking friend now. I do take him up on his offer. I do bring a date up to fucking Topanga and we hang out in his house while he's not there. No, we don't do that. We just hang out and go for a heart. Because Topanga Canyon is one of the biggest, if you believe in this energy vortexes in the world, parts of the earth where energy comes out of the earth and up into the atmosphere. So yeah, we are friends. That's what it is. Somewhere along the line, I asked him if he'll go on tour with me. I'm not going to say how much I paid him because I don't remember, but he agrees to go and play keys for me on tour. <laughs> Shock G agrees to come play keys for me on tour for a lot less than he's worth. I take my sister, um, my play sister, I think this is right, um, four or five's wife. I think this is right after he passed. So she's with me. We're a lot closer. She's a hip-hop head. My sister Dorla is a, a, a hip-hop head, head, head. You've seen her at shows. If you're in the scene, you know. We ride up there. We pick Shock up from the airport, bring him to his house so he can get his stuff so we can go to rehearsal. I think that's what happened. Or no, no, yeah, I think so. He gets out, takes off his trench coat, and now Shock on his arm has Digital Underground, Tupac, and the Loonies on Tattoo, if you look at the Risky Business video. This is about a year and a half after, or a year after, uh, sometime after, yeah, about a year after uh, Risky Business drops. 
He takes off his jacket and he has Merce tattooed on his arm. When I tell you, I can't, there's no words for what I'm feeling. Also in his house, he has one picture up. It's a picture of Scarface, the rapper, because he has that much love and respect for him. Not much, like not much other things are art up on the wall. Uh, he just spoke very highly of face. But yeah, so I'm looking at, I can just see the Scarface picture and uh, my sister sees it and she can't help herself. She's just like, smack, you know, that smack, we smacks my side arm. She's like, basically like, bro, like what the fuck? And I'm like, yo, yo. And uh, yeah, she said some other things and I was like, I don't know what, the, I just didn't, he didn't say I got your logo tattooed on me or your name tattooed on me. It was just never acknowledged. But I think I did ask him, he was like, this was, these are all important people I've worked with in my life. Now, I just might have tears in my eyes the whole time I'm telling these stories. Tupac, we've talked about how much I love the Loonies, especially the second album, and Digital Underground. I am important enough to him. I am dope enough to him to tattoo my name underneath all those grace and on his talented, kind, intelligent frame, physical frame. When I tell you, like, this is the shit that means shit. Not the Grammys and all, like, the, you empty motherfuckers. If you don't wake up, this is the real clout. This is what we do this shit for. This is why you hang off of a building and write your name so that the person that inspired you to pick up a spray can in the first place can say, let's go do a piece together. Or do you want to be in my crew? Or whatever it is motherfucking graffiti writers do. This is it, man. Humbling. It wasn't an ego thing for me. I didn't walk around telling people, like, there's people who see pictures of him now, like, yo, I didn't know that. Yeah, because what am I supposed to say? Like, oh, yeah, Shock G got my name tattooed. Like, that's probably not why he did it in the first place. I had my head down, respecting the game, respecting the culture, following the fucking rules, being a real human, trying to be dope and being an artist and someone else who did, the, did it the same way respected me enough to do that. Enough to do this song, enough to go on tour with me, enough to do my video. Man, there's a point in my show where he would stop and he would recreate the Humpty Dance and then do so many tears. That was all he asked. Like, let me just play a little bit. Thank you. We having so much fun, we forgot to honor the cat, the one, Tupac Shakur, y'all. Tupac Shakur, this time we're going to really talk about Tupac. All right? Y'all with us? But Cass is always honoring the thug side of Pac, you know? I meet people every day, and all they say is, man, I'm just like Tupac. I got shot 11 times. It's not about getting shot. It's not about having rocks in your pocket. It's not about going to prison. I want y'all to help us honor the fun Tupac right now. And it broke my heart nights when people that are so disconnected from this culture didn't know so many tears, but it's because we're from two different worlds. The woman 
who went with me to his house, we buried her husband. I dug that fucking hole and I played that song again and again and then fucking again, trying to feel better and deal with losing my friend. And now that dude with homegirl with me is seeing him, man, with a tattoo of my name. We went on tour. Shock was saying like, yo, I'm getting high at night, blah, blah, blah. I'm going out. Never late for sound check. Never missed the bus. When he wasn't getting high, he was in the bunk. It wasn't, it wasn't partying. Let's just say that. When he wasn't partying, he was in his bunk reading, reading books on alien invasions and spiritual awareness and astral planes and consciousness and shit like that. Shit that I think people think I do. He was doing it for real. Doing yoga on outside the bus. Teaching me how to be a leader. Like, hey man, like, if there's one dude with three good-looking girls, why do you try to tell the dude to get off the bus? And I really, you know, I wasn't really messing around on that tour for whatever reason. I think I, was, I just started dating somebody. But he's like, you have your crew to think about. And it's good for morale. And it's good, like, you just befriend the dude. He's like, I made some really good friends by hanging out with the dude. With the, he doesn't, he's, he could hate on y'all. But he's trying to be cool. So why don't you be cool with him? Especially if you're not going to be messing around and your boys want to hang out with his girls. Like, what the fuck is your problem? It's one dude and three girls. Because most people are like, no dudes on the bus, you know? And we don't have the kind... I can understand if there's a, there's a scene and a type of music you make where you don't want random dudes on the bus, but we don't have any fucking problems. Baltimore, the auto bar. Before The Wire, I was going to Baltimore and seeing The Wire. I had never seen The Wire, but I had seen that Baltimore. The auto bar was next to a crack house that they gutted and made into the backstage. But before they gutted it and made the backstage, it was an actual crack house. It was going down. I was meeting people really involved in that whole thing before I fucking saw The Wire. Not a flex, just like, just give you the idea. Of, it's for real dangerous. We have been doing shows there since 1998, I believe, with Hyro. So this is about 2005 now. I've been doing an auto bar once, twice a year for the past five, six years, seven years. I get on the bus and there's black people I don't know, which is weird because like I said, black people aren't coming to my shows at this point for the most part, you know, maybe five to 10% max of the crowd. And, and these are street dudes. I slam the door. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I said, shot, can I talk to you? Came out the bus. I was like, what's going on? Hey, man. They said they've been seeing you come through here and do shows and you don't ever holler at them. I'm like, yeah, nigga. Because <laughs> these niggas are selling out all these niggas. And he's like, no, man. They just want to feel important, bro. Like, they, they, you, they know you're not on it like that. And they ain't on it like that with you. But show love. These are our people. These is, this is your community. I'm like, yeah, you're fucking right, man. Even though they don't listen to my music, even, you know, they never been on a tour bus before. They see people pull it up and they don't ever fuck with us. They don't ever shoot up the bus. They don't ever rob us. They don't ever try to do nothing. They've been cool with us. They let, as I saw the wire, they're really letting us live. You know, and it's probably good for business, but just still. They're letting the auto bar live as far as I'm concerned. Because to me, that's who really runs the streets and who runs shit in our community. Should they decide to put, hit the switch and push the button, it's a wrap. It's up. We're done. Why haven't I invited him on the bus? Because I was getting pulled so far away from who I was. But for the same reasons 
that a lot of people get pulled in and become something they're not is all to escape. People who aren't tough pretend to be thugs. If they're thug adjacent, they jump all the way into full thug character in order to get the check to escape the gravity of that, but don't realize that doing that, they're making themselves somewhere they're not. I was doing the opposite. And they're very, Chase Infinite is one of the few people who could see it. And um, shout out to Matt Deal. When I did do this interview on this tour for Vibe magazine, he noticed, like, I was trying not to be as hood as I really am. Not to say that I'm a crip or I'm a tough guy, but I was getting pulled away from who I am or who I was. And yeah, I should have pieced it up with those dudes and invite them on the bus. But at this time, it's like, my job is to perform for white and brown kids Asian kids do this alternative hip-hop shit and I'll be in the hood. Like, you know, a lot of my contemporaries were like upset at that time too as things were changing. Like, oh man, I want niggas to come to my show. And I was like, I do not want niggas at my show to just be frank. I do not want street. I don't, I, I was like, obviously, I'm not in my head, but in my head, I'm like, obviously, like I go to my family reunion every summer. There's lots of black people. I go church. I just saw, I, and I, I still live in the neighborhood. Like I see my, my people. I'm around Thug shit. I'm around niggas with burners and dope and shit. All when I go home, I don't want that. Doesn't make music. That's not art. Not that it's not. I look down on it. Just like I didn't invite my homies because I can't control my homies. My homies see somebody from the wrong hood or they see something they don't like. They they are fucking shit up because my homies is really with the bullshit, bro. And I'm not a shot caller. There's only so much they can respect my job and be like, oh man, I'm sorry, Nick, but you know. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm not. I didn't start inviting too early. And even then, like, another story. But I was so far removed and shocked, brought that to my attention in the kindest, most realest way. Like, yeah, bro, you are still who you are. And you are still a black man in America. If you see some some other black men, embrace them, bro. And that's what I learned about shock. Like, we went lots of places like that. Dudes, hardcore dudes, everybody loved him, man. Because he put Pac on. He made the hump, like, he never, that's what always resonates with me and I, I I hope to be good at one day, is he's so authentic that, and that's how it was when I was, especially when I was younger, like, that's why, like, Weird Cuz came, they'd be like, leave Weird Cuz alone, like, why are you fucking with him, man, he just want to ride his rollerblades, he just want to read his comic book, leave Weird, leave him alone. When you're authentic, people who are also living in there, even if their authenticity is negative or, or dangerous or gang-related, they don't fuck with you. I saw that with Shock, the grown version. Like, hey, man, what, like, that's shock. Like, he's him. Nobody's going to fuck up the dude with the feather in his afro and a tank top and a trench coat and these weird glasses. He'd fall out drunk. Somebody be, hey, your homeboy, go get him. Like, oh, yeah, or I just got a ride, man. I was, like, he was just flowing through life as himself, unharmed because he meant no harm. And I love it. And I loved it. And I learned so much. Like, yo, just... And that's why, you know, like me still, I guess I at the core too, I was still in the hood. Like, oh, I'm from the hood, but I'm not in the hood. That doesn't mean I have to forget the hood or I have to use the same rules like niggas are out to get me. Nobody's out to get me because I'm not portraying that type of image. I'm not bringing that energy. And I know how to recognize real ones. Like those dudes outside were real as fuck. So me reaching out to them, they weren't going to bring that energy to me. I never met or rarely meet someone that's, authentic in their shit. Like, I'm not a lick for them. I'm not competition for them. It'd be fun for them to be on a tour bus. And it was one of many lessons he continued to teach me. Um, 
I want to end it there because I could go on and on and I have multiple stories and our, our fun didn't stop after tours. Our friendship didn't stop till I still got emails up to him almost to days before he passed away. And I know a lot of his friends do. I love him. I love him. I love him. Shock, Greg, great man. Almost named, wanted to name kids after him while he was alive. Like this man impacted my life in such a, a great way and allowing that space in my life where I didn't have a father to be filled by him, um, my uncle, my grandfather, Walker Martin, the Tupac at some points of music wise, like just, I don't think the universe or God, whatever you believe, I don't believe God will leave you without somebody to fill the hole. Like when you start to fill that void with the wrong things is when you start to go astray. That's the end of this episode. Thank y'all for listening. Long live Shock G. Back in elementary, I thrived on misery. Left alone, I grew up amongst a dime free. Stuck in my mind, couldn't find a place to rest. Until I got that thug life shattered on my chest. Tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past. You want to last. Be the first to blast. Remember Kato. No longer witness, he's deceased. Call on the siren. Seen him murdered in the streets. Now rest in peace. Is there a heaven for a G? Remember me? So many homies in the cemetery shed so many tears. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in L.A. podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, March 316. See y'all next week. Peace, peace, peace.